This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Happy Father's Day on this Sunday afternoon on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for stopping by at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY. 98 underscore 7 FM. We ride until 3 this afternoon. Tom and Joe along the way here on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, boy. I'm in a great mood today. First of all, of course, it's Father's Day. So that puts me in a great mood. Heard from heard from all the sons, all the grandkids, every day. Everybody's checked in. Everybody's good. Checked in with all the brothers and everything. Everybody's good. And then a few minutes ago, while prepping for the show and listening to the great Anita Marks, Peter Alonso's back. <laughs> Let me sit down and give him a standing ovation. Peter Alonso's back. Ah, can I have this moment before I bring every all the Met fans down at one 3776 Let's calm down for a second. Now, of, of course, we're ecstatic that Alonzo's back. Of course. It's the best hitter in the lineup. He is to the Mets what Aaron Judge is to the Yankees. Okay? He is the key to their offense. But the offense is just the only part of the problem with the Mets. It's the pitching. That's the major thing. So, hopefully, while the pitching gets themselves together, Alonzo and the rest of the Met lineup will be able to put some more runs on the board to give the pitchers a low margin for error. But, come on, let's understand, as we start the day, and they still have a chance to take a weekend series from the Cardinals. Would I have preferred the sweep? Duh, duh. Yes, of course. But at this point, I'll take I'll take a series. Because... The way they've played, four games under 500, 11 and a half back, having won just seven of their, having lost seven of their last 10. It's about winning series for this team. It's about putting together a streak that will, it's not about Atlanta right now. I'm not worried about first place. I, I don't care about that right now. Right now, what I'm looking for is to see if this team can put together a stretch where they play decent baseball, complete baseball, where you pitch well and you hit well and you field well and you minimize your mistakes and you play close to error-free baseball. That's all I'm looking for from this team. At this point, my, my expert, World Series, I'm talking about the World Series right now. Playoffs, I'm not talking about playoffs right now. All I'm looking for over the next month up to the All-Star break is for this team to string some wins together, win some series, play well. That's all I need from this team right now. That's all I'm looking for. Yes, my expectations have dropped a lot, (laughs) as you can tell. Yeah, that's all I'm looking for now because that's what they haven't achieved. How can I, in good conscience, look at them and say, oh, World Series, oh, playoffs, division title, when they have played the way they've played. I can't, I, that, that's not, I can't even think that way now. So I have to adjust my expectations, all right? That's what I have to do. And starting today with my guy back into the lineup, and I realize it's going to take him a couple of games probably to get back into the swing of things. And... I have to get out of my mind that 
I'm so happy that he beat the prognosis in time back where it was supposed to be three to four weeks and he misses, what, eight, nine games. I have to push back the negative thought that, that bothers me as a Mets fan, that scars me as to, well, maybe they could have waited another week. Maybe they could have waited past Houston. No, no. I put that back. I'm pushing that back in my mind. I need him back in the lineup right now. And Steve Serby had a great article in the New York Post today about yesterday's game and why they really missed Peter Alonso in the lineup. Because with him in the lineup, potentially, they win that game yesterday. Singer, slow start. Pitched well, got better. At least got you to the seventh inning. And from there, you came up short. Now, has Peter Alonso had a tremendous effect on this Met lineup and the way they played and their winning record when he was in the lineup? They still struggled. But once again, that's a pitching issue. And yeah, we knew that they needed another bat in the lineup, but it wasn't they, they weren't losing because of Peter Alonso. Peter Alonso was the main reason they were winning. So now, with him in the lineup, your lineup lengthens. And hopefully, hopefully, they'll be able to offensively get this thing going and we can perhaps, maybe, get this pitching staff, especially the two aces going, at the top of the rotation. That's all you can hope for right now. As a matter of fact, that's what I'm looking for. That's it. As far as the Yankees are concerned, listen. Rain out last night, not a good opening in Fenway Park, to say the least. Rain out last night, split doubleheader today. First game around 1.30, just after 1.30. Clark Smith will start the first one. Luis Severino will start the nightcap, part of Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN at 7 tonight. And look, the Yankees are, are what they are. Okay, we know. It's a struggling offense. It's a struggling offense when Aaron Judge is in the offense and in the lineup. Clearly, it's a struggling offense when he's not. And if you don't believe, Yankee fans, that Aaron Judge, and I've seen some of you, I've heard some of you on the air here, and I've seen some of your comments on Twitter, so I'm speaking to you guys. If you don't believe how important he is to that lineup, look at the difference in average and, and productivity from a guy like Anthony Rizzo since Judge has been out of the lineup. Anthony Rizzo has never looked this bad. He's not getting anything to hit. And he feels the need to try to be Aaron Judge while he's out of the lineup and coming up in key spots. Now, look, we can sit and wax poetic ha, 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 about Josh Donaldson and what he does not bring, and we know that, and all the struggles this lineup has had. Harrison Bader looks like he's ready to return. No timeline for Aaron Judge, probably, I would say, after the All-Star break. But for me, the bottom line, the bottom line for the Yankees and the Yankee fans is what will Brian Cashman do at the trade deadline? Because, yes, he's gotten lucky. Some of the ancillary players that he's had has performed well. They've been decent. They've come up in, they've, they've produced better than you thought they would. Bowers produced better. 
not Tom Jake. Uh, Willie Calhoun has produced better than you thought. Not, not great, not all the time, but better than you thought. And so even though you are not happy with the way the, the Yankees are playing, they're still eight games over 500. Does that mean they're going to win the division? No. Does that mean they're going to go to the World Series? <laughs> Certainly not. But what it does mean is that you have to have hope that Cashman will come up with something, some move that will get you at least to lengthen the lineup and be a bit more competitive offensively than what you've been really over the past two years, if we have to be honest. Now, I don't know who that is. I don't know what that looks like, but it has to happen. He has to get a left fielder that you can rely on every day to play and give you some pop in the lineup. He has to. Is it, and I know we're going to get into this defend Brian Cashman thing, but I'm just, I'm just, I just have to say it. Is it his fault that LeMahieu has not played the way he played before the, the, the contract extension? I mean, he, he deserved the contract the way he played. All right? He's not been the same. And like I always tell you, it's not the amount of the contract. It is always the length of the contract. So if you want to complain about Giancarlo Stanton and how he looks and he's only going to get worse as he gets older because of the length of that contract, you are absolutely right, and you can stand on your mountain and say you are correct. I told you so. You can do that. He has not provided what you thought he would. He's not been as available over the years as you thought he would. And right now, he's killing you at the plate. Can he get hot and carry you for two weeks, three weeks? Absolutely. You've seen it. But as he gets older, you get a little concerned that he's going to be able to continue to do that. Or we're going to see anything that resembles the back of his baseball card. So it's a concern. I get it. Donaldson is a concern. He's not produced. It's a bad move. No question. That trade was a bad trade. The acquisition of Gallo last year, bad move. So what does Bader? And I know there was this, you know, unbelievable respect for what Montgomery had done for you as a starter. But I do believe, and it looks a little worse because Bader has has not been able to stay into the lineup. But I still believe that it's, it was the right move to make. You needed an everyday player in center field. You didn't have one. Hicks certainly wasn't it. And if you can find a way to keep Bader on the field, it'll. It, I think it will be a better deal. You've seen what an impact he has on the lineup when he plays. He is certainly great defensively for you in center field. So you need him back. And he could be back as early as this coming week. And he's got these nagging pulls and hamstrings and muscle injuries. You're just hoping that he'll be okay. And when he comes back, you can stay in the lineup at least for the rest of the season. That would be great. But ultimately, it's about adding some punch to that lineup because it's not good. So if you're a Yankee fan, you're wondering to see what Cashman is going to do. Bullpen, your bullpen set. I mean, your bullpen, you look. It's you're considered to have the number one bullpen in baseball. 
at least top two or three if you don't agree you're number one. And you haven't had Lewisica forever. And he's one of the keys to your pen. So the bullpen has been better than you expected, and it's going to get better when Lewisica gets back. Hopefully Rodon will, uh, you know, show up, give you something. Are you concerned about Severino? Yeah, you've got your eyes really cued on how he pitches tonight because this is a big this is a big start for him. He has not pitched well his last two outings. Not, not at all. So you have to be concerned. You're looking to see, okay, what's going on with this guy? Can we rely on him or not? I just had two really, I mean, two, the, the, the Dodger outing was unbelievable. So as we come to this Father's Day, both local baseball teams got a lot of questions. And we're not sure where they're going to find the answers. <laughs> we're not. Once again, for the Mets, we're trying to figure out where the top two guys at their rotation figure it out. And if they don't, what happens to the rest of their, that rotation? Which has been spotty, other than Singa. The bullpen is a mess. Aside from hoping and praying that you might have a chance to get Diaz back, the bullpen is burnt out. You need some more depth in that pen. And I don't know what Billy Epler is going to do at the trade deadline as far as offense is concerned. He may not do anything. He may just focus on pitching and say, listen, we got enough. We have to ride with what we got here. And the Yankees situation, you, you already know. They have to get Judge back in that lineup. They have to. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Your calls are next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. No, at Pinehurst, it is someone's U.S. Open every day. Visit Pinehurst.com now and plan your stay. Feel free to combine this and have fun over at Pinehurst Resort. Hardesty on a Sunday, 1-800-919-3776. Happy Father's Day to everybody. And when you come, when you join us today, give us uh, some of your favorite Father's Day memories that you've had with your dad or with your uncle, whoever your significant person was in your family. Um, you know, I'd like to share those things, and we'd like to have those discussions uh, on Father's Day. It's always interesting to hear uh, how sports has come into Twine, how it's become a major part of, you know, the relationship with dad and, and you know, the, the, the days of going to games and throwing the ball in the yard and, and how that changes okay with the advent of traveling sports and and how personal sports takes up more time with with young people uh you know just going from game to game and, and the amount of traveling teams you have and all this other stuff so i'm curious and and i especially want to hear from dads who are coaching their kids i want to hear from you I want to hear about the thin lines you cross. I want to hear about the pressures. I want to hear about, being honest, some of the extra pressures you might put on your kids because you want to make sure that everybody doesn't think you play favorites with them. Yeah, I want to hear from you guys and gals about uh, coaching your kids on this Father's Day. 1-800-919-3776. Spikes in St. Pete. Spikes, start us off on the Larry Hardesty Show. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't wish you a happy Father's Day and Grandfather's Day. Uh, I'll share it with the audience because, you know, uh, one of my boys just drops in out of nowhere and brings me a new pair of Knicks sneakers nice. and kicks. Yeah, you saw the picture, I'm sure. And, uh, 
Yeah, out of nowhere. I was just laying down yesterday, and I wake up, and he said, hey, what's up? <laughs> out of nowhere, you know, from somewhere in Europe or something, just, you know, drops in and spends a couple of days. Perfect. And uh, he, he, he played it. Uh, he was uh, tried out to be a place kicker at the uh, University of Florida, and then he's a soccer guy, but his tibia went, so... Uh, and he's uh, it's just great to see him. We're having a lot of fun and talking Nick's draft and all that stuff. So, uh, listen, we'll see what happens. Uh, as far as a memory with my father, I took me to a doubleheader at the Garden. I think I told you this story on the air, but I'll be real quick. And the New York football giants were playing in a charity game against the Globetrotters, and Wilt was on the Globetrotters. Wow. And Frank Gifford, Frank Gifford uh, Kyle wrote, we just lost Homer Jones this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you said you didn't see him. You heard. No. Yeah. But the, he, invent, he invented the spike. And he uh, he was about as fast as uh, both uh, Bob Hayes and, um, and what was that? Had Carr. The Giants had a guy named Carr. Henry Carr, maybe. Maybe I'm over that. But he could also do a 9-4, 9-3. But uh, Pop took me up to the games at the Old Garden. And uh, you got a double-header? Oh, Got nice. double head every Tuesday night. Six wow. is uh, Celtics, Knicks, uh, Syracuse uh, with Dolph Shays and all. But I'm old, so that the kids don't understand that. But you got into the games for like two bucks or a buck and a half. You saw two basketball games where the Globies came in. And I'm talking, you know, a long time ago, late 50s when I was all of a teenager. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that's it. So I'm excited for the draft. Uh, just got off the phone hearing from everybody, which is wonderful if you're a father or grandfather. And uh, my Beaver friend said, uh, tell Larry, happy Father's Day. Nice. The, Mets will be, the Mets will be fine. So uh, it's three city college guys from, uh, from the New York area that are all pulling, Larry. So... I hope the pitching stretches out. But my boy Josh says to me, he's a diehard Mets fan. He says Scherzer. He's giving me Scherzer and uh, and Berlander's ERAs. I said they're forty. They're not thirty. Just hang in there. So Alonzo's back, and we'll yes. see what happens today. Enjoy your family, my friend. You're you're Thank a you treasure for all of us. I speak. I appreciate you. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, that's that's what we're hoping. Okay, we're hoping that. And and listen, I'll be honest with you. I have more faith in Verlander than Scherzer. And the reason why I have more faith in Verlander than Scherzer is because I've seen Scherzer have these misstarts, these injuries, these things that have happened to him going back to when he was traded to the Dodgers. All right, so I've seen this, these things, and it's a concern. Listen, when he's on, there's no question He's great. Same thing with Verlander. When they're on, there's no question. But I guess we have to temper the expectation for them. Because really, when you, when, when you think about those two at the top of your rotation, here's what you're saying. You're saying that um, you're saying that when we get to the postseason in a short series, we could pitch those guys twice in a seven-game series, and you could potentially, all you have to do is win those games. So while, while, they're, while they're important to you during the regular season, obviously, they're super important for you in the postseason, and you really look at them in that short series mindset. But when you see especially Scherzer, struggle the way he has. 
And Verlander, of course, with the late start, you just you wonder eventually every pitcher has that day when they have to reinvent themselves for another time that they just can't get folks out. Now, Scherzer and Verlander aren't there yet where they can't get folks out. But it's it's become a chore in getting them out, right? And when it becomes a chore getting them out, that means they don't get you into the sixth and seventh innings. And when you have a bullpen that has had to pick up the slack for starters not going deep into games and they're not a deep bullpen to begin with, it's a major concern. It just is. It means your bullpen is pitching deep parts of your bullpen is pitching every single day. And that's the concern you have. That's the concern. It just is. And that's why what Alonzo coming back means, yay, hopefully now we have the opportunity to get some more runs, which might allow your starter to go back and give them another, give you another inning because they have a little margin for error. Happy Father's Day from 987 ESPN and your tri-state Acura dealers, precision-crafted performance for exceptional lease and finance offers. Visit Acura.com. Your calls are next on 987 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. As I keep saying, and people laugh at me and they roll their eyes, if they play 500 while he's out, they should throw a parade. And I think that 500 is going to be some heavy lifting. That's why I keep saying, don't get disappointed. I know yesterday for a Yankee fan is disappointed because they lost, but don't get disappointed because, if, again, they split two two games. If they go to Boston and they can take two out of three, that means they were three and three in the six games in ten days against the Red Sox. Believe me, you take it. You're right, Michael. No question about it. You take it because you don't have your number one guy in the lineup. You, you don't have a choice. You have to. This is – it's just like me just telling you that I have to amend my expectations for the for the Mets right now, right? I'm not thinking of World Series. I'm not thinking of the playoffs. I'm not thinking of the division. I'm not thinking of the wild card. I'm not thinking of any of that. All I'm thinking of is a team that can play decent baseball, good baseball, over the next, up until the All-Star break. If I can get three weeks of good baseball, I'll feel better about this team coming out on the other side. And that's the same thing for the Yankees. It's about holding on. You have a chance. Now, look, it's going to be tougher because it's a doubleheader. Okay? But you still have an opportunity. to come. The Red Sox are not – this is not the Red Sox team of Big Poppy and Manny Ramirez and Johnny Damon. This is a different Red Sox team. It's a Red Sox team that's kind of like what the Yankees are. So you, if you come back and you have a chance to take two today, a split, a, 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 I'm sorry, a sweep, you're in good shape going forward for, for this area to what Kay is saying for here. It's not going to be easy. I'm not saying it is. But it, it's going to – the Yankees are going to have to change what they try to do offensively. And, you know, when you don't have a lot of – you don't have a lot of weapons and your main weapon is out, it's not easy, my friends. It's not easy. Ray's in the Bronx. What's up, Ray? Hey, uh, good afternoon. Happy Father's Day to you and everybody else. And to you as well? Uh, I got one good memory I want to share with you. When I was growing up as a kid, 
my father, every father's, you know, day, he would make sure that the kids would have more than fun than he would. In other words, he would enjoy his day, but he wanted to make sure we're having a good time. And that to me is, uh, that's, that's great. So that's what I love about him. That's great. That's a great memory, Ray. What else you got for me? Yeah. So I want to jump right into the Yankees. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a Yankee fan, but I'm a Mets fan. But I have my, my, my prediction. This is where it's going to turn out. Now, I'm just saying, you can't underestimate other teams like Boston. You know, you can't just lay back and think you're going to win every game. I'm just saying. But moving forward, by the All-Star, if they lose a lot of games by, prior to the All-Star game and Judge finally gets back, um, it's not going to look good because my prediction is going to be Tampa Bay is going to run away with it. I, I think so. It's going to be Tampa, Baltimore, and um, it might be Toronto because they're, they're not they're not far. I think the Yankees are going to probably, if that happens, they'll make the wild card. I'm not saying they're not going to make the playoffs, but I'm thinking the wild card. Yeah, but as I'm saying if they lose a lot of games, and that's that's very important here. This is the, the factor here. And um, I guess that's my prediction. I think Tampa Bay's going to run run away with it. The division, it'll be them. Baltimore's hot. They're pretty good. Look at the team they have. Yeah, and they shocked everybody. Pretty much, it shocked me because they 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 got uh, guys coming down from the minors, and they they didn't spend money much. Uh, I think last season, if I'm correct. So uh, I think they're going to end up in the fourth seed if they lose a lot of games prior to the All Star game. Because right now, like you said, it's important now how many games you win from now until the All-Star break, right? Because once the All-Star break comes, it's going to be, you know, from then on, hey, this is who the teams are going to be, you know, up there. But that's my prediction. I don't know if you sort of agree with me, but I think that's my prediction. And what do you think? All right, Ray, thanks for the phone call. Look, if the Yankees lose a lot, they're not going anywhere. (laughs) That's my, I'll tell you that. That's my prediction. If they lose a lot, they're not going anywhere. Nowhere. Now, here's their opening. And they've got to play better, right? Come on, we know. they got to find a way to win some more games. Hopefully, Rodon comes in and he, he gives them that, that he pitches like the number two guy in the rotation they're looking for. I mean, Cole's done his job. Can't Cole, What else can Cole do? He's done his job. You need some extra, you know, some more depth out of that, out of the starters, okay? And, you know, Joe Leo, he's right. While in numbers, the Yankee bullpen is – Tops in the league, one of the tops in baseball. It's a nightly thing as to who you trust and who you don't trust. But for the most part, they've done the job. So when you look at the division, of course, Tampa's been Tampa's been amazing. Thirty-one and seven at home. Thirty-one and seven. All right. I mean, they got a one hundred forty-four plus run differential. But guess what? In the last ten games, they've 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 lost. They're six and four in their last ten, so they're not exactly ten and zero in their last ten. They've kind of come back a little bit. It's a long season. You're not going to be able to take that pace and continue to play that way. Baltimore's been great at forty three and twenty seven, six games back. They've been fabulous. All right, Yankees in third, thirty nine and thirty one. Toronto's thirty nine and thirty three, and I'm. I don't know about Toronto. I don't know. They've underachieved. I mean, come on. Let's be fair. They've underachieved. Now, they may make a move and do some things to get back and and take off again. I mean, but they're not playing the way most people thought they were going to play. They're just not. It's the central that gives, if the Yankees can put, make make some acquisitions, okay, and improve their team offensively, 
I mean, the central is is where the other wild cards go. Only the division winner in the central is going to the postseason. There's no wild card coming out of the central. It's not going to be. Minnesota's 36 and 35. They're the only team in the division over 500. All right, so whoever wins that division, and it's been that way really for a couple of years now, it's either Minnesota or Cleveland. That's the way it's been. Minnesota or Cleveland goes back and forth. So it's either one of those teams that's going to win that division. The West, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Texas has played well. They've surprised. I mean, they're 43 and 27. And DeGrom has not even been available and won't be. All right, Houston, 39 and 32. They're four and a half back along with the Angels, who are four and a half back as well. So two of those teams are, are going to come out. You figure maybe two will come out of the East. So, you know, you know, I, the, the Yankees have an uphill climb. They do. It's not going to be easy. They've got to find a way to improve their team. Because, let's face it, you can't continue. I mean, depending on when Judge comes back, here's the thing. We don't even know. There's not even a timeline on him coming back yet. Nobody's even talking about the possible date for him to return. So it's not like we're saying, well, Okay, if they can just get to the All-Star break. I said, I expect that he will be out at least until the All-Star break. It's not like, well, we could just hang in there for those games of the All-Star break. Judge is coming back and we'll be okay. I don't know when he comes back then. He might not. He might come back substantially. He might suppose he comes back first week of August. Yankee fans are swearing at me right now. How will you hold on? What will you do? There's got to be a sense of urgency for this front office to try to get something done. And I'm sure there is. They know. I mean, with all the criticism that you look at Cashman and everything and with the Yankee front office and scouts and all the stuff, all the people who make those decisions, all right, about who they should go after and who they shouldn't go after, you know, all the folks who do the analytical data, as much as you say, what is going on with them? They know that this team cannot compete the way it is. They have to make some changes. They know. The question is, who are they willing to give up to get what they need? That's the question. And who is available for them? And who have they targeted as, pers- as people they need to have on this team to make them better? Because what they have is, and what they have is okay, but they have to be realistic and say, listen, we're eight games over 500, but I mean, come on, we have to be better than what we are. This is not going to get it done. The fact that we're eight games over doesn't mean that we're just maybe a piece away. Oh, well, when Judge gets back, we'll be okay. We don't have to make any changes. No, no, no. You got to make adjustments. You do, you do. Definitely. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. I'm not going to do I have too much respect for Yankee fans especially on Father's Day. Let's go Yankees. 
to share with you the conversation that Joe, Tom, and I were having off air. I, I just can't do it because you would, you, you, it would put you in a foul mood. Foul mood. I'll give you the topic. That's it. I'm not going to go into detail. I'll just give you the topic. We were discussing trades that the Yankees have made at the deadline over the past couple seasons. About, we went about 10, 15 years. We went a little further than that, but I'm just going to say we went about 10, 15 years. And I'll just say this. He's due to make a splash. He's due. And part of it, as I was telling the guys, is a little skewed because of the fact that his offenses, his lineups haven't been as shallow as they've been the past couple seasons. This, this was... As as Gordon Damer always says, we're the New York Yankees, and and that means that they've always had long lineups with a lot of talent. You know, our former colleague Colin Cowherd used to say, when you when you play the Yankees, it's like walking through Monument Park. They have an All Star or a future Hall of Famer at every position, and so when you've had that at the trade deadline, you're not looking to make a splash. You're looking for depth. You're adding, well, if this guy gets hurt or we can get somebody here or we might need somebody to play a little infield. We need a we need a guy that can play all the outfield positions, so we'll add this guy. Or we need somebody that can play multiple infield positions, so we'll add that guy. So that's what they were doing. Because, remember, you want to go back and try to figure out what they, what, you know, struggles? I mean, when's the last time this team... When's the last time this team finished the season under 500? I mean, you got to go way back to figure that out. So it's different. It's different. This is, and it's different for Yankee fans because this you're not used to seeing lineups like you've had over the past couple seasons. That's not what this. That's not what this team has been. It's not what this franchise has. So that's why this season. This is a major. This is this is major for them. Now, should he have made adjustments going in, knowing what the situation was, his outfield situation, looking at the team? Absolutely, and maybe he did try, and maybe what other teams wanted, he didn't want to give up. Okay, but now they have they have to, in my humble opinion, readjust what their thinking is. Because this is not, this is, even though you did it with mirrors last year, think about what you had to do to meet up with Houston deep into the postseason. You had to have a player to break the league's home run record. That's what it took. And really, it took you to being unconscious having an unconscious record in the first half of the season because in the second half of the season this team took a time took a deep turn for the worst nosedive so listen they they know what they have to do and it'll just be interesting to see how you know they will get it done same thing with the Mets okay they're in an interesting position you want to see how they're going to get it done because they know, everybody knows the Mets need bullpen help. Everybody knows. 
Everybody knows. And so for Billy Epler, who is a who's a guy who's respected in baseball, who's done some some okay things, all right? You just you did you need to have a complete overhaul with the team that won 101 games last season? No, of course not. You were looking to sprinkle in and sprinkle in. But a couple of things you did know, you did know even after even last season that you needed another bat. You knew that Vogelback and Ruff wasn't working. You got rid of Ruff, kept Vogelback. You knew that wasn't your answer at DH. So they didn't do anything at the DH spot. All right, so that's that's a missed opportunity. The other situation with the bullpen, once Diaz went down, you knew you had to do something else. Now, in fairness, did Epler think that Verlander was not going to be able to start until, what, near the end of the first month of the season, near the end of April, early May? Did he think that Scherzer was going to struggle and be suspended? <laughs> no, he didn't. Did... did Epler think that Marte would not give you the consistent hitting that we thought he was going to give? I mean, let's face it. As I said it with Gordon the other day, Brandon Nimmo's been the best player on this team consistently. He's been the best guy. He's been the best. Other than Alonzo, it's been him. Lindor's checked in from time to time. He's giving you something. Uh, Alvarez, great for a short period of time. He's cooling off a little bit. Beatty's been fabulous. And I just and Buck Showalter and and the Met Brass they know more baseball than I do. I'm not sitting here thinking that I'm the end all be all genius. But you mean Mark Vientos couldn't have gotten some D eight spots while he was hitting while he was up here while Vogelback was trying to get himself together and and whatever the situation was with him while he was struggling. You mean Vientos couldn't get any hits any at bats? And then you put him at first base. Okay, a kid that hasn't played there. And if he makes a couple of errors, you know what that means. You go pull him out of the lineup. I kind of want to see what he has. Now, he'll go back down as he has because Alonzo, in case you just tuned in, Alonzo is off the IL. He's in the lineup today. Hallelujah. And so Vientos has gone back down and he'll get some at-bats and he'll play every day. And they'll put him in the field and he'll get better. But I would like to see him when he, if he is called back up or when he is called back up to have an opportunity to show what he can do. Because I will argue with you, even with Pete in the lineup, okay, even with Pete in the lineup, I don't know where the Mets would be without Alvarez and Baby. I don't know. Those guys had key hits and key spots. Alvarez, especially with power, and he's improved in the, at, at the catching position. Defensively, he's improved. I mean, I thought he was a hack, the way people were talking about. Oh, he's just, he's, they really want him to work on this field. Oh, he's, oh, he really has to work on this fielding. Well, he's fielding, he's done a nice job. I think. And offensively, he's been really good. As I said, he's cooled off a little bit, but he's been good. He's been better than what we expected. In the sense of the power. I mean, especially after his start. I mean, he started like he, he didn't... he. He never, he started like he didn't know how to play. He didn't know what the strike zone was. He was just swinging. 
He's, he's gotten better. So those are the things. So now we'll see what this Met team can do. Got Alonzo back. Let's see what they do over the next couple of games up to the All-Star break. Bobby's in Long Island. What's up, Bobby? Yeah, hi, Larry. Uh, speaking of Volga back, J.D. Martinez was waiting out there to be had for $10 million. Okay? You were signed a guy at the DH who basically sucked last year. And I didn't understand that move at all. Um, he turned J.D. Martinez one of the best hitters in baseball right now. And they need a, that was a desperate need for DH. That's number one. So he's got to take a hit for that. I mean, mm-hmm. he, you know, I didn't understand that move at all. And um, as far as the second one uh, with um, Verland, that I, he won the Cy Young last year. Okay, which, you know, so, you know, he thought he was going to at least, you know, give you, you know, better work than he is doing right now with his inconsistency. But you already had Scherzer, who was breaking down his last year for the Dodgers in the playoffs. He was breaking, his body was breaking down. He was off fatigue. I mean, that should have been a sign right there. And, I, and uh, you know, I said it at the time, you know, I mean, I was taking a big gamble with Scherzer, you know. But, so he got to take a hit for that as well. I mean, you know, as far as their hitting, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they hit two forties a team, and uh, you know it's it's just as bad as last year. I mean, I, I mean, as far as I should say, worse than last year. Last year they were middle of the pack. So I mean, you know, and the pitching is also in the, in the bottom percentile in the league as well. So um, you know, I mean, the general manager. I understand the reliever got hurt, but uh, and, and uh, the Japanese pitcher. I uh, he's he's been. A, you know, disappointment as well. He's been inconsistent as well. So those are moves that the general manager makes. So he's got to take a hit for all this. Well, he does, Bobby. There's no question about it. Thanks for the phone call. He does. And the thing with Verlander, once again, Verlander had an injury. He started slow. I'm not, I am more concerned with Scherzer than I am about Verlander. I think Verlander, especially his last time, last time against the Yankees, he pitched well. That's the Verlander I'm used to seeing. I've seen that Verlander. I saw the Verlander that struggled against Colorado, but I've seen the Verlander that I saw against the Yankees as well. So it's just a matter of him getting his stride and, and getting going. And, and once again, I'm I'm less concerned about Verlander than I am Scherzer for the mo- for the points that you mentioned about uh, Scherzer. For the same thing, the arm fatigue and the issues that he had. And once again, the Mets want to win a World Series, so their pro- their thought process was. Give me two worlds. Give me two former Cy Young Award winners at the top of the rotation, in Scherzer and Verlander. This year it was Scherzer and Degrom. Last year, Scherzer and Verlander. This year, and you know, let's see what we can do. Not good so far. When we return, we'll turn our attention to the NBA. Christian Winfield from the New York Daily News will join me. We'll talk draft and more next on ninety-eight-seven ESPN. 